Welcome back to Unfiltered with Sarah. Mm-hmm. I have my brother, Justin Spaulding, in the house. Well, in, in the RV. In the <laughs> RV. Was this 500 square feet? I don't, we don't know. I don't know. I don't think we've actually. You told actually, me at one point, unless I made it up, 450 yeah. square feet. Have you ever done a podcast in an RV? Well, we tried. It's my first RV podcast yeah, ever. We, we, we tried. Yeah. Well, yeah, we did try. It yeah, was unsuccessful. I, I had, some, had it go because I had some other issues. appointments. Yeah. It took too long. Yeah, and he has an, he has an appointment coming took up. 45 so minutes to. We're going to knock this out. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> What's the name of the podcast again? Unfiltered with Unfiltered Sarah. Unfiltered with Sarah. <laughs> episode. <laughs> This is do my not do a number. I don't do episodes. Roll. Okay, cool. That's a good idea. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. So let's get into it. We're going to talk a lot of different on a lot of different topics today. Real estate, football, direct sales. I got all. I actually have like questions down because yep. you have a lot of value to add, and this podcast is truly about helping people. And helping people really like understand like you can create your dream life and go after go after whatever you want in life. Um, so I really want to get into real estate. So if you guys don't know Justin Swalding, he is a I call you a real estate mogul. Mogul or mogul? I call it mogul. 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 I think that's the right way to say it. Sometimes I, 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 I call it I mogul. Back and forth. And uh, he runs and operates our entire real estate empire that has about twenty one hundred apartments which is incredible. So do you remember the first time that you started showing interest in real estate? Like I always, I always tell people is when we were in Chicago that for, you know, when I was mm-hmm. a sophomore in college, walking down, seeing Trump tower and all that stuff. But actually, if you go back before then, it was, uh, when we went to New York city that first mm-hmm. time when I was maybe like a sophomore or something, or eight, and you were like probably fifth grade or sixth grade or something like that. Yeah. I was like, no, that was, Oh, it was before that. Yeah. That was 2009 was in Chicago, oh, yeah. but then 2003, I think, yeah. cause I would have been a, a sophomore or something. And 2003, we took that trip to New York city and yeah. that's when I just like kept looking up all the, which I think is what tourists do. But that, that was like, if I, if I actually really think back, I'm like, wow, that's when I became really, um, it, it just, uh, captured my attention big time i looked at all the big buildings and was looking at all the signs and you know was always curious about man i wonder how much money that building costs to make and i wonder how much rent that is and um so that was probably the first first sign yeah i remember i actually remember i think i was like in sixth grade or i don't know fifth grade and me and mom and dad kept talking like justin doesn't stop looking up like you were like walking way ahead of us i was he like was, running into he was just like starstruck running into people. yeah i'll never forget that i was young and i still i still recognize and knows notice that um, so when did you really get started with real estate? Share a little bit about that. So 2009, I started learning about real estate. I got like any book I could get my hands on and just started read it with the mindset of, of, of I was going to go out and do what the book was telling me, not just, I wasn't just going to keep reading stuff and reading stuff and being the person that's just wanting the education. Sometimes you have people that are just lifelong learners, which is great to be a lifelong learner, but if you're not going to take any action from what you're learning, it's really pointless. So yeah. I, I always read with the mindset, I'm going to go and put this to work. Um, so that was 2009 to like 2013. And then in 2013, I bought the first, uh, the first four unit and then six months later, bought another four unit and we were off and running. Mm -hmm. So it's been 10 years since I bought the first, the first building. Yeah. And I think a lot of questions that I get on social media from people is like, how did you guys do that at such a young age? How did you get the money to do that? So age doesn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Amen. Well, what, what did you do though? How did you get the money to to put down to, to invest certain uh, so young. so basically you know my sister and I were involved in a company called Advocare uh, direct sales company and uh, direct sales is the best thing I mean you can start a business for we started for 60 bucks yeah. back then I, I don't remember the, the price of the to get involved there but for 60 bucks we were able to get in and start our own mm-hmm. business and start mm-hmm. selling stuff 
I mean, I'm looking at moving our office right now, and it's going to be a two million dollar outlay just to get into this office building to move our people and all this stuff. Back then, starting direct sales, you can start for thirty bucks, fifty bucks, three hundred bucks, and have your own business and have products. You don't have to worry about distribution. You don't have to worry about creating the product. You just got to be able to sell it. Mm-hmm. So for me, that that's you know going back to I love the products because they help me you know perform better and become an all American and what they did for me in the gym and all that. No stuff. big deal. Yes, we're gonna talk about athletics <clears throat> here. And so um, I love the product, and then I didn't realize I, I was on the product for like three three or four years and then someone told me that hey you could make money selling this i'm like what so i was still in college it was my senior spring of my senior year uh or winter of my senior year of of college and that's when i started doing that and you know i i just started selling that and growing a growing a business out of it and i saved every single penny from that to be able to invest it all in real estate i made like three hundred thousand dollars from direct sales Mm -hmm. to to four hundred thousand dollars something like that um and i just saved every penny i didn't i didn't spend any of it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. Well, and, and that's actually something I want to ask you about, you know, since you did do an MLM for, for so long, I did as well. What is your viewpoint nowadays on, you know, direct sales and MLMs? I mean, I know you just kind of shared, but like you, you definitely encourage, I mean, I encourage people that want to diversify outside of their current jobs. Like that's really where it's like the easiest opportunity. I'm still, I'm still involved yeah. in it, right? I mean, yeah. I'm still, I still get a paycheck from direct sales and, and network Pretty marketing, nice social. Paycheck. Yeah. Got good, good size paycheck. So, um, I, you know, it's, it's a, like I kind of said, I mean, yeah. when you can, anytime you can start a, I always, anytime I'm looking to get into a building or looking to, I always like, okay, what's the best thing that could happen? What's the worst mm-hmm. thing that could happen? What's most likely to happen? And the, again, the best thing about that industry is you have such little risk. Mm-hmm. Yep. In a three hundred, a sixty, a thousand dollar, a three thousand dollar outlay to get your own mm-hmm. business started, uh, and a lot of these companies has have satisfaction guarantees too. Or if you're not happy, you should like so you have no risk. Yeah. If to to find a business opportunity like that, you know, if you if you can't if you can't say yes to an opportunity like that to get started to be able to start saving some money, I don't know how you're actually going to be able to sign on the right. line for a piece of real estate. Because right. now we're we're signing on, you know, we just bought a deal. We bought a deal in May of 2022 for 40 million dollars. It's worth 60 million dollars today. We're gonna refinance it. I got to sign on the line for. Uh, we're gonna pull out. We're gonna pull out 50 million dollars. We're gonna pull out like 50 million dollars. I got to sign on. I got to sign on that mortgage, mm-hmm. right? With direct sales, you don't have. There's you're not you're not putting your neck out there very far. So if if um you got to somehow be able to understand that to be able to position yourself. Yeah. It's unheard of to be able to position yourself with such little risk, with such high, uh, with a such high upside. Um, it's a, there are no brainers. There's yeah. no brainer to do if you need some extra money or if you want to stash up money to be able to go start a different business, whatever yeah. it might be. It's a no brainer. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. It's just finding the right company of a products that you believe in yeah. at that point. And yeah, cause there's definitely some, some ones that, you know, yeah, you, you definitely got to vet them out and figure out what, what aligns best with you. Well, let's go back to your football career. Um, how do you think that prepared you for what you do now? I mean, like he said, you guys, he was All-American. I mean, a superstar in high school, uh, killed it in college. You guys won your first conference at your school, like the first time in 30 years, was it? 20, years, yeah, 30 something years, like that. Yeah. You're in the Hall of Fame now at Dubuque. So As an individual and as a There you team. go, yes. Our team just went in. Yes, so, which both. Which the team huge... one, the team one was way better to yeah. see everybody oh, and everyone yeah. was back yeah, in campus. But... The team one was way, way more cool than the individual one, which I think was 2019 when I went in. But this year, 2023, yeah. the 2011 football team went in, and that was that was the best. There was like 50 guys there. Yeah. So I wish you yeah. would have been there because you would have seen a lot. Like Vassalotti yeah. was there. All, all of them, yeah. All the guys were there. Um, so, yeah, it was it was, it was was awesome. Yeah, I had some, we had some fun times back in the day. So yeah. Like a different lifetime. Yeah. Um, so how does that prepare? My sister's sneaking into the bars. When she was <laughs> yeah. 
18 or 16 or 17. I, all my yeah. life, I yeah. loved hanging out with the football guys. And, you know, my brother really paved the way for me for sports and even in direct sales. I mean, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have gotten started. And we, we built that first company together. It was super fun. But, yeah, I always loved hanging out with the football guys. But... How has that prepared you? I, I believe a lot of athletes do so well in sales or real estate um, or anything entrepreneurship. I think sports really prepare you. But how, how do you think it really has prepared you for everything you're doing now? I mean, it's sad if a former athlete is not successful mm-hmm. in whatever they do after because like sports gives you everything that you need to be mm-hmm. successful. And um, I mean, it teaches you the work ethic. It teaches you um, the accountability factor. It teaches how to work you know, and lead, with, lead, lead yeah. other people and work with other people. Um, it teaches you, you know, how to, how to fight back when your back's against the wall. Just, you know, there's not a lot of other things in life that teach you what sports teach you. And so if you, if you're able to, but I always viewed my college career as it was going to be a springboard into what I was going to do. Now, thankfully I found real estate and started learning about real estate my sophomore year of college. So I automatically knew kind of through college, okay, sports is going to be my springboard into real estate. Yeah. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to be 50 years old or, you know, sitting here now at almost, I turned 34 in a couple of weeks, but at the age I'm at now and, and the only highlight of my life, you know, I was at the bar, I'm out to eat and yeah. the only thing I'm talking about in my life is what I did when I was mm-hmm. 20, 21, 22, scoring a game winning conference championship touchdown, right? So mm-hmm. I, I really wanted that to be a springboard and it can be for everybody because of what you learn, you know, in the classroom, I mean, the classroom taught me nothing compared to what, mm-hmm. you know, sports taught me. Uh, absolutely nothing. So, and to have a pair of events, too. I feel like being around. Well, yeah, but that, that was business. I mean, that was so, business. So, so, I mean, yeah, that just those, made me those think of that, yeah. event, that part of that was I was able to do direct sales and, and AvoCare yeah. because of, of not anything I learned in the classroom, but because yeah. of sports right, and yeah. building a team. And again, your mm-hmm. back's against mm-hmm. the wall. Like, um, you yep. know, and, and so it more, you know, any af- it sucks to see an athlete struggle after sports. And a lot of that is just because, you know, af- athletics, you, 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 the, that get that game day is like three hours long. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the outcome, I think some people lose their patience after sports mm-hmm. where you, you, it takes a little longer. Like it's anything that I did over the last three years hasn't paid me yet. Right. Um, so it's not a, it's not an instant satisfaction. It takes time and you have to be consistent over time. But the the thing is though, with athletes, they don't just show up on the best ones. Don't just show up on Saturday or Sunday or Friday night or, you know, whatever they're always putting in work. And so, um, Mm -hmm. if you have the right mindset athlete, and if you can find that next thing post sports, there's no reason that you can't be successful and you should be successful. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And I, I think soccer and all the sports that I participated in really helped propel me too. And you were actually the, you, t- you mentioned college. You, my brother was actually one of the only ones or one of the few that supported me dropping out of school. You're like, oh, you're, you know, you've yeah, learned something, you know, like just, just do it and, and focus on business. And it was probably one of the best but, decisions but even ever like, made. So, but even, uh, even now, like when people say, I can't work 45 hours a week or I can't work 60 hours a week, I'm like, Jesus, like when we, when we played, I, I was a division three athlete, so I had to pay to play. I wasn't getting paid mm-hmm. to play. I had to pay to play. And it's still like a full-time job. The hour, the hours, the only thing that's different at hours is if, you know, if you're at USC and you got to go travel to Hawaii, you got a little bit more travel versus like, well, not even, not really. Cause when we travel four hours across the state of Iowa to play a game, USC is going to get on a flight and, and go, you know, those four hours. So really even the travel, so that's time commitment was still the same, mm-hmm. right? So I still had to be a full-time student. I still had, you know, travel. I still had, uh, you know, the meetings and all the stuff that you always have in the athlete. So it started in college where it, between going to class and, you know, doing all the things you need to do and then sports, you're, you're basically working 60, 80 hour weeks. Mm -hmm. And so for me 
you know, coming out of that, it was easy the first 10 years of my career in real estate to work a hundred hour, 105 hour weeks yeah. because of, because of that. And, so, and so like, I can't that. relate to the people like, Oh, I can't like, I got 40 hours and I'm done. I mm-hmm. can't even relate to that. I'm like, what are you doing with other 160? You got 160 okay. hours in a week. Yeah. You know, what are you doing with other 120? I think passion and, and knowing like having a goal and a vision, I think really helps you too. But I think us athletes, we just have that discipline and we know like you will get the results if you put in the work. Mm-hmm. We, we know that. So, uh, real quick, I want to bring up, so I know we kind of talked about Avocare and, um, you know, investing. I remember when you were saving up, uh, about a hundred thousand dollars for dad's company that he formed, mm-hmm. Mavana. Um, so share a little bit about that, what it was like to invest into pretty much a startup, brand new company from the, from, you saw it be built from the ground up and then we, they sold it to private equity. So what was that like? Um, I mean, that's dad's thing. So I'm not going to talk too much about yeah. it. And I don't know what can be said and what can't be I don't said know if and many you know, people, whatever. I don't know if many people know about that though. I mean, that yeah. was, there's um, a lot of flies in here. Yeah. <laughs> The RV got in the RV. We're like, the RV we're like is chewing flies away the RV right is now. In the middle of uh, Wisconsin right yeah, now, and they left raining. a window open in the fall, and so you know flies are going to get. In. Yeah, so we got them flying around. <laughs> if you're watching the video version, <laughs> Swat, swatting these. I'm getting paid ten dollars a fly. Yeah. That I kill. <laughs> Peter, don't sue me for killing flies. <laughs> but anyway, but like, what was that? What was that like? I mean, you saw that you you put the money in, and you were rewarded a pretty good amount. Like that was a. I, I mean, like- it was cool because the, the biggest thing out of that was, um, you know, again, the first the first lesson being the hundred thousand. By the way, if I would have had a million, I would have put the whole million in. Yeah. I had a hundred at the time, yeah. and I, I so I put it. But but that's the same. That's what's true with all of our investments. Is it takes courage, right? Uh-huh. So no matter what, if I believe in something, I'm going to go all in, and um, you know, I put every penny that I had yeah. into it. Um, so that's the first thing is, I, and what that means is courage, right? Mm-hmm. I had courage. Then the second thing, um, without getting like, I'm not gonna get too specific mm-hmm. on what the business did. And I, again, I don't want to yeah. talk about the specifics. That's dad's thing. I don't know what yeah. I can and can't say. And yeah. I'm not trying to get in trouble. <laughs> so, cause I get in trouble all the time. So, uh, <laughs> the next thing is that was the, the next best thing was that I was the youngest person in the room. You know, when that thing started, I think we first started having meetings about that, like 2014, mm-hmm. And the first meeting was in Chicago, and then you know, and then the, the the whole merger thing happened in 2016, and then private equity bought it in 2020. The whole entire time, I helped just my dad do whatever needed to be done. I was like utility player, so whether it was like helping with acquisitions or setting things up or whatever needed to be done, I was willing to do it. So, but but what, I was able to be in the room with you know guys that had all this experience, right? I mean, I was the youngest person in the room by. 30, 30 years, 35, 40 years. Um, so I was, you know, I, I would have been 25 at the time. So, young, so, yeah. so to be it, to be 25 and be in the room with all these successful guys who've been successful for decades through recessions, through mm-hmm. contractions of the economy and through, uh, through different, um, just economic environments, mm-hmm. you know, running their business to, to be able to learn the things I was able to learn, um, was huge. So those two things, you know, having the courage and then being able to get into rooms, where I could learn from these guys. Yeah. And, I, and I was just, you know, I, I'm just the quietest person in the room all the time, you know, and when I, and I got to share like what I thought about things and they'd ask me because they respected my opinion too. But I, I was just like, so I would soak everything in and, and I would talk when, uh, when asked to, mm-hmm. to speak and otherwise I'd just shut up and I'd basically listen and do what I was told and, you know, whatever. But it was a great, great way to learn. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, obviously I've been able to implement things that I learned in those meetings uh, as well in, in, in real estate. So yeah. I just had a fly land on my eyelash. <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, no, that's awesome. So let's, let's kind of talk about, you know, Spalding Group, SG Realty and kind of your role. So, you know, you operate a really, really big, you know, 
business. So share with, with everybody kind of what your weeks look like, look like, like what, what are you, where do you spend most of your time? And I know that's a tough question. You probably well, it's a changed lot. a lot because so in 2019, I, we hired a COO and she took over a lot of the day-to-day activity of the management company. Who's, you know, basically the management company of the people collecting rents, filling apartments, you know, all those types of people working on maintenance uh, requests that tenants put in. So the most important people at the company are, are those people that are doing that. So CJ came in and became our COO in 2019, which took a lot of the property management tasks mm-hmm. off my plate because at the time we were like 300 or 400 units and I had I was so bogged down in like the day-to-day that I couldn't go acquire more deals. Mm-hmm. So bringing her on was was a huge thing because it, it changed what my day-to-day looked like. It allowed me to go look at more deals, work mm-hmm. with more investors. Then, um, But then, you know, as time, as we kept growing and stuff, I still had maybe 20% of my time to, to 30% of my time was still in the management company so in april of 2023 we you know promoted her to be the ceo so now it's kind of taken you know now one percent or two percent of my time is the management company if that right and so it's given me um the ability to go i basically spend my time looking for deals working with investors and and trying to share what we're doing to get to get more new investors and to get investors to repeat invest with us so that's that's where a lot of my time spent a lot of my time spent too is you know i mean we 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 create a lot of content so there's Mm -hmm you know, one full day every two weeks is basically set aside for creating content and, and yeah, and he has create. a, you have video content creator and yep. that's probably been a game changer. We've got a couple of people on, on the team over there oh, that nice. are, are creating content yep. for us and editing videos and you know, whatever it might be. Um, and then I've got, you know, an education program where I have masterminds, yep. I have an accelerator program. The accelerator program is for people who want to learn to do real estate. Mm-hmm. And so they can basically, you know, we have a weekly Zoom call for 90 minutes where the group is, and I, and I lead it every 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 single week, but for 90 minutes, we're getting mm-hmm. on there, getting people through their ceilings or through their um, struggles that they're having. So if, yeah. they're, if they're at the point where like, they found a really good deal, but they don't know what to do now, we help them through that. Right. If they got to the point where like they found a really good deal, they put an offer in, and they don't know how, and they got the deal, but now they don't know how to operate it, well, we help them operate that deal, right? Yeah. So, so we're giving them advice. So that, that takes up some of my time, mm-hmm. right? But I really like the fact that I get to give back to people number one mm-hmm. number two it is a business so i make good money doing doing that that i save up to invest in more real estate and number three long term i think if i keep building out our mastermind if i keep building out the accelerator i think that it's gonna be a pipeline for us to buy new deals yeah. so like all these people are coming in some of the guys have 30 units right now some of them have 200 units right now well over time they grow from us teaching them i get to see their product and see their their investments, I might say, look, we'll buy your whole portfolio. Here's the price. Or I'll, I'll call up one of the guys that's involved from Ohio and I'll say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to come to Ohio. Let's partner up on some deals yeah. because I know that we would re- work well together because I've got to know them through a program that I offer, right? And they know how we roll and, and all that stuff. So I think that's a big thing that we have going. So that's part of my day to day. But I don't, I don't, <laughs> I knock out the most the most important task that is going to move the needle the most. So I'm not going to do any stupid, like anything that's not going to really move the needle to where I want to go. I'm not going to really spend my time on it. Yeah. I'm going to either delay that thing or delegate it to someone else, but anything that's really high priority and high impact that that's going to really move the needle towards where we want to go. That's what's going to go to the top of my agenda every single day. So every single day is a little bit different. Um, every single week's a little bit different. What would you say has been like the hardest thing you've had to like overcome or what's one of, one of the hardest things you have to deal dealing with? Dealing with the people, you know, yeah. dealing with the people is hard. Um, when I was, you know, I mean, we have, we have almost 60 people. And so, yeah. you know, that's 
between the between the the management company and the um, content. Now having a CEO be the bridge, right? Mm-hmm. So I I really only work with her and a couple other people. I, you know, the management company I'm only working through her. I'm not really mm-hmm. responsible for. I'm, I'm responsible for them because it's still my company, but I'm not day to day. I'm not responsible. So I'm really just connected with her. Right. Yep. Which helps, but there's still issues that come up, whether it's quarterly or monthly or whatever. And, and it's, it's always the people thing, yep. right? Cause when you're trying to scale something, it takes people. And, um, when you have too many people in the RV, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, there's going to be problems, right? Yep. When you have too many people at the right. office, there's going to be problems just because not that someone's bad or not that someone's good. It's just, that's yeah. what people do is they have, they bring their stuff and that's, so you got to mm-hmm. figure it out. Yeah. So this is kind of a basic question, but I get this question a lot. Um, a lot of people are like, well, I want to get into real estate. I want to get into it. I guess what is like a piece of advice that you would give them um, for real estate and getting into it? Um, stop making excuses and get yeah. in, like get yeah. in today. Like no matter, it's so funny because now being in this for 10 years, it's like a cycle. And when I first started, mm-hmm. people were like, oh, you can't do real estate. Do you remember 2008, 2009? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you remember 2008, 2009? Um, you can't do real estate because yeah. everything just got crushed. Then like I started buying deals and then in like 2015, 2016, rates started to increase a little bit. So at that point, people were like, oh, rates are starting to go up a little bit. Now, a lot of people don't even remember probably, but mm-hmm. rates are starting to go up a little bit. You can't do real estate now. We kept buying deals. Yeah. Then 2020 happened. Oh, COVID's going on. You can't buy deals. That was the best time ever to buy deals. We were still buying deals. Then August 2022, we closed 460 units. People were like, interest rates are rising again. Not a good time. And prices are so high coming out of COVID. Mm-hmm. Can't buy now. What were we doing? We were buying deals. So, and, and what are we doing now? People are like, oh, it's the world's ending, recession's coming, can't buy anything now. And, you know, two months ago or you know, a month and a half ago, we just bought 246 units. So the, the biggest thing is um, there's always deals out there and the best time to buy real estate was yesterday and the next best time to buy real estate is today. Yeah. So, you know, there's always going to be an excuse not to buy real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're wanting to get started, you got to learn how to find the right deal how to put, you know, how to get the money for that deal. And then, um, you need to learn how to mm-hmm. operate the deal. Cause if you can do those three things and especially the operation part, cause there's so many people that just buy real estate to wait and which is great cause you'll make money. Mm-hmm. But if you really know how to operate that deal, like a business, you'll make what might take other people 10 years to make, you can make it in one year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I would tell people who are looking to invest in real estate, get started yeah. now. Why apartment units? Why multifamily? Um, mm-hmm. for me, it was just, it's what I was kind of attracted to. Um, I like that it's a year long lease. I like that everyone needs a place to live. I like, um, the type of apartments that we're typically buying are not the top high end type. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, we're not in the 3000, 5000, $10,000 a month rent range. We're in the, like our average rents are $1,286, um, currently. So like we're in that workforce type affordable, um, but we provide a good place for people to live and, um, it just seemed like the right thing to do. Um, and so, and you, and you look at the across the country too, and, and people say that there's anywhere from 3 million to 5 million homes short. Um, it takes, it takes two years to build something and to build it new. So that means you can't just run into a supply issue overnight, um, of oversupply. Um, and you look at how much money has been printed. Uh, I just think that there's a lot of tailwinds that, uh, that go along with the multifamily stuff that we buy. Yeah. So, um, the office stuff and the industrial stuff, I always looked at, man, yeah, great. You have a tenant that's there for five or 10 or 15 years or whatever. But when that tenant's lease is up, you either are going to have to put a lot of money into that space to get a new 
person in there or you're, you're going to have to you can maybe get hit on your rent amount if the same tenant stays you're not gonna be able to push your rents as much so it's just there, there's things in the office sector industrial sector that we don't have to deal with in multifamily mm-hmm. um now maybe multifamily is a little bit more labor intensive right where you need maintenance right. you need people leasing but um but there's opportunity if you can do all that stuff really really well there's opportunity to again make more money yeah. in in multifamily than in other places yeah and share if it, i don't know how much you can share about the investing aspect of of what you do of, of getting investors can you share a little bit more about that and what that yeah looks like, like what like just that process you know like how, why did you start doing that and you know because I, I basically got to a point where i would go come across deals and i'd, I'd be like oh i can't get that one because i don't have access so for me i was like i don't want to be i don't want to have to buy real estate on a budget mm-hmm. people want to go buy like i want to go buy my jeans on a budget i don't want to buy real estate on a budget mm-hmm. right so um I don't want to, and what I mean by that is I don't want to just go buy the cheapest real estate. I want to buy the best value that mm-hmm. I can buy. And I don't, I don't care. I don't want to be held. Like if it's, if it's 500 units, I want to be able to go buy that 500 units. If it's 10 units, I want to be able to go buy 10 units. If it's a thousand units. So I don't want to be able to only look at 32 units and under because I'm buying on a budget. Um, yeah, and that's well, well, investors. I mean, that's turned into something I think bigger maybe than you expected. I feel like it's well. So, so then that's why we started getting investors because yeah. the best deal that I had at the time, it, you know, I think we had because we were just selling a building. So I had something like four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. We needed we needed nine hundred yeah. to buy the best. What I thought was the best opportunity at the time, and it's turned out to be a really good deal because we bought it for two point six million in you know four years ago, and it's worth six six and a half now, right? So that it turned out to be a really good deal, and I was right. If I would have just looked to buy on a budget, I wouldn't have been able to buy that deal. So we got investors to fill that stack. And now the cool thing with what I do, I get paid per, for performance for those investors. So yeah. above returning, you know, above getting them X percent return on their money, then I get paid more. Like the more they get, the more that of a split there is with the remaining cash. Yeah. So I'm incentivized to get these properties performing really, really well. And so that's just been another revenue source on top of my own dollars working for me, the promote is what it's called when you get paid for performance. The promotes and the carried interest that we get from these deals is is huge as well. So um and, and then it's been it's it's cool to be able to get messages from people like, hey, I'm you know, the, the cash flow I get from you every single month is paying for, you know, the long term care for my you know, and it, it goes to like someone's mother of long term right. care and taking care of them or, you know, whatever. So it's cool to be able to get get that stuff too. And I never want to be uh, just having success alone, I want to be able to have success with other people. Win, yeah. yeah, and I think yeah. that goes back to like that's what we did in Avocare. So she's yep. doing Modere. That's what we do, you know. And, and so to be able to do that is um, it, it's that that's the team helping aspect. people win, helping people earn extra money. That's the team residual. in sports yeah, aspect. That's so true. Know? Yeah, and I think you you truly have to have that desire and a heart to like serve others and. I think that's why so many people trust you. <laughs> you know, I think there's probably so many people that that would love to hand you, you know, their money because they trust you. I, I mean, don't get me wrong; I get huge benefits out of it too, yeah. right? But it is course, fun. But it is fun. Like, send, like we send. We give investor- you the, the money, and you know, you guys, have, you know, you do all the work, and we, it's we send really cool. investor checks out, you know, once a month, right? Yeah. There's a lot of other people that do it, like either once a year, twice a year, or quarterly. Well, we yeah. do it every single month. Why? Because I want to get paid every single month. So it's yeah. cool, like when we send that out every single month, and like people send me yeah. the screenshot of it. Say thanks, man, or you know, whatever. It's just, it's just kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, I know you talk a lot about this, which I do want to talk about your social media. You've had a lot of, a lot of growth lately. Um, but you talk a lot about when, when you're buying things and and stuff, you want your residual income to pay for like those expenses. So, could you give the audience, you know, just a little bit of advice on on how you kind of do that? Like, how do you weigh like what to spend your money on? 
Well, if it was Especially down, if it was up like to just wealth. me, like I, I don't spend my money on anything. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I've started to a little <laughs> bit more so over true. the last like three years, a little bit more. But yeah. um, you know, I mean, I, I look at, you know, when when my wife and I bought the house we're in, uh, I had 800 units before I bought a house. Right. right? I was renting a studio apartment for 900 dollars a month right. as a multimillionaire. You live very frugal. Yeah, yeah and so. But when we bought that house, there was a certain thing. Like we, by the way, we passed up on what I think was the best house on the lake. And we, looking back, my wife was right. We should have bought it because it ended up selling for less than we ended up buying. But the whole yeah. point of that was the timing was just off. Mm-hmm. When that house went for the price it went, we were one investment mm-hmm. short of being able to be in a position where it's like, okay, the cash was paying for it X times over again. And so when we bought our house, it was right after we closed a deal that then changed our cash flow situation where now we have cash flow coming in that. Pay pay that pay for that three times over. Pay for the house three times over again. Yeah. So whether you know um, whether I'm working or not, like we're gonna we pay for the house. So yeah. uh, and that's that's the mortgage on it, the principal on it. And when you live on a lake and you're in that house, there's a people are like, how's the upkeep cut? Well, because like there's a lot yeah. of upkeep that yeah. comes with the house you live in in general, and then it's a lake property on top of that. So if if my my you know as a as a congratulation gift to my wife for opening up her business bought her a chanel purse well it's seven thousand mm-hmm. dollars well but again i have three x plus that coming in every okay. single month from you know I, it means i have for me to buy that if i if i'm someone listening right now mm-hmm. if i'm gonna buy a seven thousand dollar chanel purse mm-hmm. i better have at least twenty one thousand dollars a month cash flow coming in mm-hmm. from not from investments yeah not like uh, for how i look at it it has to be like if i'm gonna make that money whether i'm working or not yeah so not not 1099 income right. it's got to come from straight up investments um and so when you get to that point then it's the same thing with like vacations and trip we, trips we take you know i mean it's got to be able to you know be covered um you know, i made when i was gone on the trip that we just took to hawaii i made 6x what the trip cost when i was gone mm-hmm. so so when you get to that standpoint now it's 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 a completely bit different ball game with your money cuz your money is going to continually growing you're not you're not putting it on a, a credit card and paying interest on it. I, I do put my all that stuff on credit cards to get the points, but I pay it off right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just that's just how I want to live. I want to be able to. Sp- I do want to have fun. I do want to spend money. I do want to have a jet, mm-hmm. but I want those things right. covered yeah. from coming. You know, with the right with the right money and money that's going to come back. I never want to. I never want to squander any income that I have to work for. So if it's a speaking thing, if it's my, if it's my education business, if it's a salary that I'm getting, I never want to spend any of that money on where I live on a utility bill on anything. Mm -hmm. The only thing I want to do with that money is invest it. That's it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people that maybe they've, they just start seeing some, some real money come in and they don't know how to handle it. I think a lot of people should spend it foolishly. I think we've seen a lot of people do that. People do that a lot of last 10 years. <laughs> a lot, There's a ton a of lot. people in AvoCare that uh, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like you're, yeah. you're living like, outliving. Like, yeah. It's insane. And then what happens is that that company decides, which by the way, when I, with your hands. when, what about it, it? The, so the, if you guys hear some pounding, it's because my brother talks with his hands. It's because I get excited. <laughs> no, it's because of the microphone. I'm Italian. I, know, I, I, know. To I, have to be, I talk with my hands too. No, but the microphones pick it up. and it. Like, so when Avocare, when Avocare decided that it was going to stop having independent contractors as distributors, because that's mm-hmm. what we are. We're a distributor. Yeah. We're an independent contractor. Now, right. day one back in 2012, I read the agreement. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. I'm a nerd like that. Yeah. I read. Yeah. So I read the agreement. And... 
it's said back then, like yeah. for any reason whatsoever, tomorrow we could decide that you're not, you know, this exactly. is layman's terms, but tomorrow for whatever All reason, say that, yeah. we could decide that yeah. we could just kick you out of this company. Yep. It's their, it's their company. You weren't the founder of it. We didn't have shares. We weren't shareholders. We weren't, you know, so uh, when that whole thing went down in 2019, I... At the time, it was paying me, I don't know, four to $6,000 a month or something like that. I was like, I wasn't even worried about my four to $6,000 income. I thought about a couple of our friends. I'm like, oh, shit, like this is what they're relying on. And I, that's, so I, I felt bad about that. But then I also, like the people I didn't necessarily feel bad for are the people who are just blowing all their money. I'm like, what are you doing? Why, why are you blowing all your money on? You know, you're making all this money. It could go away tomorrow. And I always thought Abelcare would go away. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was gonna be 2019. I thought it was gonna be more yeah, like no. 20. <laughs> yeah, same. I thought it was gonna be more like same. 2030 or 2035. And then yeah, people want to blame people want to blame the Regus family and and Abelcare, dude. That, that's yeah. it's their asset. Right. They can fucking kick you out if they want to kick you out. Yeah. You have nothing. That's they they. It's their company. It's business. And people want to like cry and complain. Like so, I was already moved on because the 300,000. I'm thankful for the Regus family. I'm thankful for yeah, Abelcare for what it did me for too. me. Uh, it gave me 300,000 dollars. Yeah. Now. What you all decided to do with your money and what I decided to do with my money, it, I can't help yeah. it that I made a better decision than you. Right. The Regus family, it's not their fault that they paid you $5 million in a 10-year span and you blew all your money. Right. You should have invested every single penny for the money that you worked mm-hmm. for. People are like, well, it's passive. Well, yeah, it's passive to an extent, but you still have to trade time yeah. for that. It's still, it's still not – I view passive income – which, by the way, there's no such thing. Even my real estate stuff's not truly passive because I still need to watch over it, right? right. So there's no, tr- there's no thing such, there's no such thing as actual true 100% passive income. But I view what people, most people think of passive income. I view as my money working for me. Mm-hmm. So that's what I view as passive income. Um, and yeah, so when you're sleeping, when you're traveling, when you're yeah. yeah. Now, granted, Modair and yeah. you know all these companies, they pay you for, yep. they pay you very well, but that doesn't necessarily. I, I don't view it. It's not passive. Mm-hmm. And, and it's 1099. It's, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's 1099 income mm-hmm. still. It's not passive income. So, um, so no, I, but I, when that whole thing went down in 2019 and I, I'm never going to blame. And the thing is too, is like the moment you start blaming other people, right? You, you've now lost control of the whole situation. You've given up control and I never want to give up control. So like everything that I do wrong, I want it to be my fault. I want it to be my problem because if it's my fault and if it's my problem, I take accountability for it. Now I can do something right. about it as well. Yeah. Right. And so um, take it as a lesson learned. Yeah. Hopefully. And then here's here's the thing: is now what happened? I think it was the same day. People are like, "Well, here's this other company. Yeah. They have products that are just like it." I'm like, "Sign me up. Where do I got to go? I didn't know anything about the company, right?" And I'm like, "How much do I need to wire over, or send in, or whatever?" My brother was the well. You trusted me and Sam. <laughs> my sister. Yeah. My sister came to me and and she's like, "I'm like, I'm done." It was the Deal. best Here decision he could have made. Pay, pay, yeah. Pay yeah. 300 or 600 or whatever dollar. Yeah. I'm like, all right, done. Just here's, here's, yeah, my, yeah. here's my credit card. Funny. I gave my credit card number to my sister. I'm like, just sign me up. Let's yeah. go. And and so like, but that's, so I was already moved on while people were bitching yeah. and complaining like four months later. I forgot yeah. what happened four months yeah. later. Yeah. Right? Same. Like, I was building something new. Yeah. So, and that, and that goes to, that goes to the next thing that like, I try to take more action. I'll take more action and get more accomplished on, you know, in a two hour window on a Monday right. morning than most people do in a month because I recognizes what hap- recognize what happens or I recognize my opportunities mm-hmm. yep. and then I'm going to go on it now. I'm not going to wait. I, I, the only way to compress time and be able to do what I've done by the, before the age of 34 is to not, you have to just go. Yeah. You have to yes. say, yes, let's go. Like, yeah. I don't know much about it, but let's roll. 
Yeah. Uh, and again, what's the worst thing that happened? If if I signed up for this other company, I was out three hundred dollars. Well, I was out three hundred dollars. Yep. And now people might be like, "Oh, dude, easy for you to say because you got whatever in the bank." And That's I'm like, "Nothing compared to like." But, but I'm like, <laughs> but I'm like, that would have been. It's the same thing. Ten, you know, when Brad and Jen got me signed uh-huh. up for Abelcare, Brad and Jen told me I could sell products. I'm like, Brad, where do I sign? Uh-huh. Like yeah. the same thing. Then I'm like, where do I sign? Where do I, you know? And yeah. so, um, you need to just like you. <laughs> the the biggest thing is like people are like, "Why am I not having progress?" Because you're not putting in work. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're think you're putting in, you think you're putting in work, but you're just thinking about it. Yes. You're thinking about putting in the work. You're thinking about thinking about, thinking <laughs> yeah. about putting in the work. Yeah. I'm like, just do it. And that's why a lot of people think it's a scam and it's this, oh, it's a pyramid scheme and all this BS. It's like, that's how everything, everything's a pyramid everything scheme. Everything is set up that way. If that's what, it's if, like, like oh a true pyramid God. scheme is when there's value trading, there's no value for what you're getting. You're yeah. getting value for everything. Yeah. So like, uh, but like, if you want to like, Direct sales is set up no differently than the real estate brokerage. Yeah, right. No, set up no, no differently different. than insurance brokerages. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I worked for Northwestern Mutual for yeah. six months. I made some money doing it because I mm-hmm. sold some stuff. And when I, because that was right when I was starting oh, Abercare, yeah. and I'm like, oh, holy cow! So like, I could get people underneath me, mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah. So I started recruiting people. Yeah. And so, um, but like, I the compensation plan for an insurance company is like, no, pretty much there's like there's overrides. Yeah. There's you yeah. know there's all these no different. Right. Like. Uh, there's um in in real estate brokerages you get paid more for the more volume your team does right. exactly that's an override yes, exactly so like yeah uh, it's it's funny how but but some of these companies get slammed and you know yeah. people get pissed off but it's it's because multi level marketing direct sales because it is such a easier opportunity to get into low barrier only 80 bucks more people get into it well when it's a low barrier of 80 bucks now you get every person out there that's again just the thinker of, of thinking of thinking of doing things mm-hmm. right is going to sign Not up they're else. not going to take any action and now it's the company's fault it's sarah's fault mm-hmm. because she got me signed up when really it's your fault because exactly. you're not going to put in the work that goes with it yeah but then you want sunday off and yeah. it's like well you didn't put it god put and you, in and you literally have all the resources in the world even with real estate nowadays anything. god put in a lot of work before he took sunday <laughs> And you want Sunday good. off, I'm like, dude, you, really you don't need Sunday off. You didn't put any work in. You should work on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So I know, I know, we have to wrap this up here in a few minutes. So real, one more, one more question, kind of regarding like real estate and the empire building. You know, where do you see your your empire and everything that you're doing like 30 years from now? I know you, I know you got like massive vision. I mean, I know you want want to own an NFL jet. team. Well, I that's it. Just don't get time, into that yet. That's my next. By the time <laughs> I can own an NFL team, I'm gonna need like. I'm going to need like $25 billion. I'm dead right now. I'm dead. Actually, Kevin wanted me to ask you about the NFL team, and I thought that was great. So obviously, you won't be able to own the Packers. So would you have- Well, I have had a dream. Have I told you the dream before? No. Well, the Packers are are owned by the public, right? So Uh so everyone everyone in my Instagram feed who's like, oh, you should- you should buy the Packers. Well, you don't understand because you're not from Wisconsin, maybe or whatever. But they're owned by the city of Green Bay, basically. They're owned by the public. So can't really just buy them. But what could what my dream was was that that Green Bay starts to have a really they go through a period where they're they're losing all the time, and then the economy gets really bad, and then uh, the city just straight up doesn't want the team there anymore because the economy's so bad, and they need to like build a new stadium. They don't have the money to do it, so they end up selling it to a person to oh, get rid of it. Justin to get rid of the Spalding. liability because every asset at some point becomes a liability. So at some point that the Packers become a liability to the city of Green Bay and Green Bay is like we you know we need a, a guy to come in and buy him he he wants to come in and buy him and move him to a city and then I come in as the native and be like go. hey I'm going to buy him we're going to keep him in Green Bay yeah. so that's how I'd buy Would the you Packers. have let Aaron Rodgers go? 
I don't know. I mean, if Aaron wanted to go out, yeah, I would have. Yeah, and then I still would have been cheering for him. Like, I'm cheering for him yeah. as a – it sucks that he tore his Achilles. I was, like, bummed. So, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a part it of it. Suck, people come yeah. and people go, right? Yeah. I mean, I cried when Brett Favre left. Jake, <laughs> yeah. Jake McCarty and I cried. We we were at uh, in seniors and so I think sad. seniors. I think I'm, I'm, juniors, I'm juniors are seniors. And, yeah. and uh, we went to our one of the football coaches' room and skipped class all day and watched the Brett Favre. Yeah. retirement all that stuff like we cried together <laughs> so like i'd already been through it one time with brett Favre, so the aaron Rodgers thing was a lot easier you. with me but now did i just straight up want to see him go no i wanted to ride until yeah. the wheels fell off because what are the odds we get a back-to-back to back no hall of quarterback so i know okay a couple quicker questions and then I, I always end with three rapid fire questions um two things if you could recommend a couple books what come to mind and then who are a couple of people that you've kind of followed or that have really inspired your journey? Uh, I'd say Rich Dad, Poor Dad was a, a mm-hmm. book. Donald, uh, Donald Trump, The Art of a Deal was another book that really shifted my mindset. And then I have a book called The Sure Thing. Yep. Um, um, that's, I'll put that that's in really the link too. Because that, that, um, that, my book goes through every single that deal that we did through 2020. So now we've like basically 5X or 10X in size since 2020. Wow. But so I'll have to probably write a, like a, a sequel to that book. But um, that that outlays like and show uh, um, lays out how we bought everything and how we structured everything. Um, so those are three books that I'd recommend. And then people that you've looked up to were like uh, my family, and then I would say um, I'd say Grant Cardone, someone that I've looked up to. Donald. Donald Trump is someone that I've looked up to. Um, I think Gary V's stuff with what he does and how he t- yeah. shares things is really good storytelling and, and good way to execute on things. Um, yeah. Say that. Will you ever get into politics? I don't know. I go back and forth on it. I know. I don't know if I, I will know. or not. Maybe I'll get bored enough one day with what I'm doing that maybe I want to take yeah. on that. But yeah. I mean, with all the con- see, this is a thing too is I've got way more content out than Donald Trump does at this time, same age. Yeah. So people oh, would drag yeah. all this stuff that I've ever said, and <laughs> <laughs> I would get and I'd probably get hammered. Um, eh, that's okay. He's got some stupid stuff out or there. Or killed. Huh? <laughs> or killed. Yeah. Because they do that. Yeah. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Bill. <laughs> this podcast just got banned yeah right i have trouble uploading it okay rapid fire um what kind of legacy do you really like truly want to leave behind i don't know i partly i no one's gonna know who i am 200 years from now 100 years from now really yeah yeah they will i don't know never know i don't know i don't think i i i don't really think about that too, too much um I don't think so. I mean, you like to impact lives. Think about how many people are actually remembered. I know. I put. I put later. actually a, a very like a quote like that. Like when you die, no one's gonna remember like you. Even, eventually, they're gonna die. Right. And, yeah. So I mean, um, I don't know. I think it's more, more like more important to like wh- how can you possibly impact your community or people around yeah. you today yep. versus versus like worrying about what your legacy is going to be like and i know that's kind of weird to say kinda or like think about little but part of the world like who, yeah i don't really yeah. think about a quote-unquote like legacy at all and maybe my content will be my legacy so maybe it's yeah. just like forever yeah. ongoing but um because yeah. that'll that'll live forever if 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 it if, yeah. you know right, it, right. or it could it could live forever yeah. um but I don't think much about the legacy yeah. thing. Oh, that's okay. I just, I that's don't okay. If you could have dinner with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Sit down and talk to them. Outside, like family. Um, if I did dead or alive, 
I think it'd be cool to have dinner with Donald Trump. I, I knew you were yeah. going to say that. I was, I was thinking the same thing. That'd be Agreed. cool. Um, that'd be cool. Yeah. Who else other than that? Other than that, I think Tom Brady would be another one. Yeah. Uh, Tiger Woods would be another one. Um, Brett Favre. <laughs> Brett Favre would be another one. Michael Jordan would be up there. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to have dinner yeah. with those types of yeah. types of people. Cool. Um, um, all right. And then best advice you could give anyone. Ta- take action now. That's the biggest thing is like take action 10 minutes ago. Before you listen to this podcast, you actually should have taken yeah. action. I feel like dad said like the same thing. Because like so many people want to like just talk about stuff and not do it. I know. Yeah, so take sad. action and go do it. Um, that's that's I'm more concerned about that than like my legacy. Like I want to take it because like. Right. You could sit around and think about what you want your legacy to be like, but if you didn't take action, you're for sure not going to be remembered 200 years from now, yeah, 500 years from now. Yeah. So, I mean, why, why, why is George Washington still remembered? He took massive action. Massive action. Why is Napoleon still remembered? Because he took massive action. Why is you know Jesus remembered? Because he right. took massive action. Um, so that's that's the biggest thing is stop focusing stop focusing on what your legacy is you know you can have mm-hmm. this thing out there but you need, you need to remember you need yeah. to put the work in and and take action now yeah. and you can do you can accomplish just remember too that you can accomplish so much more than you think you can over a five-year ten-year span and and you're going to overestimate what you think you can do in a two-week span so if you don't have success in the first two weeks because you just started working two weeks ago yeah. what i did in as an entrepreneur and what i do I don't see the benefit. I don't get paid for it for two, three, four years. So like anything that I've done yesterday, anything that I did in 2021, 2020, uh, what is this year? It's 2023. 2023. So anything I've done <laughs> yeah. in 2023, 2022, 2021, like I haven't been paid for any, hardly any of it yet. Yeah. Um, so there's a delayed. So when you're just, the, the problem is, is when you're just starting, that can be tough because you might be uh, of low means right, right now or you know, whatever it might be. And, and um, you're just getting started. You, your snowball is really small or you're having a day where the snowball is not sticking together. Just keep taking action, trying to make the snowball. And then well, when you get the snowball rolling, yeah. like then look out. Well, and it's, I think people see us now and I, I try and remind people like, look at i mean if they only had got a glimpse into the, the days where we were grinding and building but it's and still that way get, well, I, well i know but i'm just saying 10 plus years ago like what, the life that we're kind of living now i mean again like what you just but said the, but here's the problem is like now now your next problem is like if if you get it now you gotta figure out how to keep it right yes and that's and so most like, people's problem and and, and part of keeping it is Keep you can't working. you can't focus on just staying stagnant yeah. like you have to it there still has to be growth there because if you're not growing it's gonna yes, die yeah. um but that's a cool thing too is is with you know um getting your money working for you from the money standpoint some of that stuff can just yeah. keep growing right. and you can kind of t- take off the accelerator mm-hmm. a little bit if you want i wouldn't recommend it but um yeah cool. so i don't know those are some of my tidbits and, and what i believe awesome. in and action is the biggest thing you have so many people in this world that just want to talk like all of our politicians they just want to talk both sides by the way yep. um they just want to talk and not you know and none of these people have They've never actually done anything, right. but yet they think they can govern. And it's yeah. like, you know, why don't you do something? Yep. So go out Amen. and do something. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me on my podcast. Um, where can people find you? Uh, at Justin Spaulding on Instagram is the best place. J U S T I N S P A U L D I N G. Yeah, Instagram. And then you, he pushes out a lot of great content. So if you're interested in real estate, motivation, inspiration, been it's been awesome yeah you grew like how many followers pet since we've grown like 
three or four X since January. So and like one six reel months, a day, six two months, reel, two, two posts, two a posts a day, two posts a day, two posts a day. Secret sauce, right there. Two posts a day every single day, which is freaking harder than <laughs> than anyone can ever realize. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's days I'm like I do not want to do. But this. you're like, out. But you're outsourcing. Now, help, and you're you're still doing the things well, that move the needle. But That's I good. post everything on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I was actually going to ask you that. If you every post. single thing, yeah. whether it's he puts the, stories, the video together. And yeah, they you, put the yeah. But every single post, yeah. every every single caption, like not the actual captions in the video but i'm yeah. talking about the caption the, the writing part underneath the post i write all that yeah. i put all that in now on tiktok youtube it's not all me there it's not yeah. all me on facebook it's not all me but instagram it's me every yeah. single time and it's hard it's hard yeah. again it's because it's taking action so again that's one thing that people are like oh this will be easy post two times a day go try it for a week and <laughs> yeah. get back to me yeah it's hard <laughs> and then and then go try it for six <laughs> months and it's yeah. hard it's hard to even yeah. like so I, I guarantee if 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 a uh, hundred people that are listening if they would go and try it maybe one would do it yeah. for three months and be like oh my god this is hard so yeah and so do, you, do you write down all your topics like you get ideas like some how you come some up with... we do we, we get to the point like some we do and some we don't like yeah. some of it you just you know, he shows some, up and you're like yeah. okay i gotta think of yeah. some stuff that i want to yeah cool some of it's on the fly some of it nothing's like 100 percent scripted we have like right. ideas and and you know things that i've either said in other places and i'll re-say it in a different way or even like recycle our content like that works and maybe it's like a picture and then yeah. like the caption was really good and yeah. we and, and then I'll turn that into a video and kind of basically talk about what I said in the caption cuz and it works well you that's know awesome. whatever so we try to recycle content that way but, Yeah, that's good. That's um, good stuff. Cool. But it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> but taking action anything is Anything worth having anything worth doing, you know, yeah. is, is hard. I yeah. mean, and you're never going to 100% like outsource everything. Yeah. Okay, well then who's going to oversee the outsourcing exactly. so they're getting shit done? Yeah. Like, I mean, and you still so, want to be your authentic voice and stuff as well and, yeah. and stuff. So cool. Well, thanks for You bet. Thanks for having the RV. me. On. Woo! All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. And uh, his uh, Instagram will be in the description below. And your book link will be down there. Make sure you guys give him a follow and see, you know, kind of just follow the journey, you know, as he continues to grow his real estate empire. And I hope you guys got a lot of value from this podcast. So thank you for tuning in. Until next time. Bye, guys. See ya.